Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. That's the final action of this match. Portsmouth are going to Wembley. Can it be forced in? It can! Portsmouth have scored! And what a huge goal that could be! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. With the talent and the players that we've got and the ambition, I think there's no reason why we can't put our minds to promotion. Action and reaction. We've been in League One for too long and there's no guarantee, but you know there's a real sense of urgency and ambition to gain promotion. Giving Pompey fans a voice. No more looking back now for football. We're going to try to create something that's really exciting. This is the Football Hour. One team that stands out, that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that a fourth goal in as many games for Josh Karoma at Fratton Park on Saturday. Dale to Karoma outside the box, chance for Portsmouth. Karoma hits it, goal! Poppy have the lead. He made it look so easy. 20 yards out, and Josh Karoma curls one inside the far corner. But unfortunately, that was all Pompey had to offer this weekend, allowing Fleetwood Town to leave the South Coast with a point. Corner is taken short, and it's back with Andrew to deliver. Pompey were completely switched on. It's high deep to the far post. Not it back and into the net, and Fleetwood have got a leveller. It's a cheap one, and it's Carlos Mendes Gomez. Portsmouth one, Fleetwood one. That's now three league matches without victory for the Blues, who slumped down to fourth in the table. Head coach Danny Cowley was left frustrated with the manner in which his side conceded that equaliser. We have a good place in the game and we concede a really bad goal, probably the only time they go in our box first half. And it's a goal that we shouldn't concede, so we're disappointed for that. We'll hear from him on the programme this evening, as well as women's boss Jay Sadler following yesterday's capitulation at Wesley Park. To lose today, it's not good enough. It's simply not good enough, not at home, and it's the decisions. But we've got to learn from this, and I keep saying we take learnings away, and we will learn from it. We'll continue to focus on us. We'll continue to improve our game. Throughout tonight's show, we'll be reviewing the events of the men's draw with Fleetwood, providing reaction from the women's late defeats at Bridgewater, and looking ahead to tomorrow's Hampshire Cup encounter with the Southampton Reserves. Amongst all of that, we would, of course, love to hear from you back home as well. Is there a lack of creativity in this team without either Tom Lowry or Michael Jacobs involved? Is Josh Griffiths really under pressure? Or do you think the shot stopper is just becoming a bit of a scapegoat? And should Conor Ogilvie be moved back onto his favoured left-hand side for the Blues' next league outing? Get in touch, 81400 on the text. Email sport at expressfm.com. Include at expressfm on Twitter. Or head on over to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. We're here until 7 o'clock tonight. Thank you for joining us here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Providing affordable and reliable services across Portsmouth and beyond throughout Hampshire and the South Coast as well. Over the next 60 minutes, myself and my two studio guests will be highlighting the latest news and gathering your views on everything to do with Pompey, including analysis of Saturday's league stalemate and a look ahead to the second round of the Hampshire Cup a little later on. But Fratton Park is where we kickstart tonight's show. Here's how the Blues picked up their 22nd point of the season in their 11th game of the new campaign. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Ninety minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is you want to believe it? Pompey live. Welcome to a sun-drenched PO4, where Portsmouth will be hoping, like the summer extending, that they can continue their great start to the new League One season. The Pompey squad are in a huddle down in front of us. We are just about ready to get this one underway. They look like they're going to play out from the back. That's four from the goalkeeper. Pompey win it high up the pitch. Dale to Karoma outside the box. Chance for Portsmouth. Karoma hits it. Goal! Pompey have the lead. He made it look so easy. 20 yards out. And Josh Karoma curls one inside the far corner. We've only played seven minutes. It's Portsmouth one, Fleetwood nil. Pompey break into the box. Fisher pulls it back. Scarlett puts it in the net. But the whistle had not gone for the free kick to be taken. And Fleetwood will be very relieved by that because they had switched off completely. Pompey with every back. And the corner is taken short. And it's back with Andrew to deliver. Pompey were completely switched on. It's high deep to the far post. Not it back and into the net. And Fleetwood have got a leveller. 
and it's a cheap one. And it's Carlos Mendez Gomez. The ball was headed back into the six-yard box. And Mendez Gomez wasn't going to miss from a couple of yards out. Porter's one, Fleetwood one. Morel back to Dale. He'll cross it with his right foot. Whipped in. Lovely delivery. Helped on. And off the post and wide. Robertson to deliver towards the far post. Robertson's there. Loose in the six-yard box. It's cleared away. Pack's going to strike it. And it hits the bar and goes over. And the full-time whistle goes at Brand Park. And some frustrated boos around as Portsmouth do go three games without victory in League One. They've been held to a 1-1 draw with Fleetwood Town. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. There you go, the highlights of Saturday's one-all draw between Pompey and Fleetwood at Fratton Park. A day which saw in, uh, 12 League One outings altogether. 11, of course, uh, other than Pompey's uh, one-all draw with Fleetwood. Elsewhere, Barnsley nil, Exeter 2, Bristol Rovers 2, Cambridge United 1. Finally, a win for Bristol Rovers. Maybe they played 4-4-2. Derby County 1, Port Vale 2, Forest Green Rovers 1, Bolton 0, Lincoln 0, Charlton 0, Morecambe 1, Ipswich 2, Oxford United 0, Wick. Wanderers 1, Peterborough 1, Burton 1, Plymouth Argyle 3, Accrington Stanley 0, Sheffield Wednesday 3, Cheltenham Town 0 and Shrewsbury 2, MK Dons 1. So the table looks a bit like this now. Plymouth top after 13 games on 31 points. Ipswich second, same games played, 30 points. Sheffield Wednesday are in third, also played 13 but on 26. Pompey dropped down to fourth on 22 points, however played two games fewer uh, on 11 matches played so two games in hand six points to to still be accrued if of course they do pick up wins in those games in hand Barnsley fifth on 20 points and Bolton in sixth also on 20 points down at the bottom Morecambe Rock Bottom on seven points Burton Albion MK Dons and Forest Green Rovers make up the rest of the relegation zone and of course Saturday's opponents Fleetwood uh, they are now 11th OK, joining me on the Football Hour tonight to pick apart Saturday's one-all draw with Fleetwood. Plenty to go through between now and 7 o'clock. Delighted to welcome on, uh, well, he's just a lad from a pub, Jeff Harris. <laughs> Hello, Jake. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, one-all draw on Saturday. We'd have uh, hoped to be talking about another win. Back to winning ways in league. It is now free without a win for Pompey in League One. Are you concerned? Or is it still I'm, just early doors? I'm, I'm not. You know, we, we've got some serious injuries in the camp at the moment. Joe Rafferty and Tom Lowry, you know, to name but a few. But, look, I, I don't think it's panic stations at the moment. I just think it's a dip in form. And if you're still picking up the, the odd draw here and there... Um, it, it keeps you in the hunt at the end of the day. At, at least we're still in touch and distance for two games in hand. We are indeed. And alongside Jeff this evening, pleased to welcome onto the show uh, Mark McGee. Mark, thank you for joining us and, and top commitment for calling in as well. I would welcome Mark in, but Mark's not there. So, in fact, not top commitment for Mark because he's gone. Um, so, no, not top commitment for Mark. But Jeff will come back to yourself. I, I know Mark was stuck in a little bit of traffic on his way home. Um, he had told me he'd gone home now, but I think he was lying a little bit. Um, Jeff, you mentioned there the injuries to Joe Rafferty and Tom Lowry. In regards to Joe Rafferty, we asked the question on the intro just a few moments ago, should Conor Ogilvie go back to his left-back position? He's filled in at right-back in the last couple of weeks in Joe's absence is it starting to peter out a little bit? Is it time to change that up now? I think it is. I, I, I said after the Plymouth game, definitely after the Ipswich game at Portman Road, we've got an unbalance in, in, in the side. Now, I said on the podcast last night, you'll get away with, with that once, definitely. You'll get away with it against mid to lower end League One teams, definitely. But when you're starting to play the... the, the the top third of League One, you, you'll get found out to a degree. And I put a tweet out at halftime uh, on on Saturday saying what this game needs is overlapping fullbacks. Um, now Clark Robson tried to do that second half; he was getting forward. But one of the, one of the aims of when you're playing four four two is to make sure that the the opposition wingers are facing their own goal and going back towards their own goal. Yeah. You're not going to do that on a one one v two. 
um, you know, the, wingers, the, the opposition wingers go, do you know what, the fullbacks got this covered. Unless you've got your fullbacks bombing on and overlapping or, or cutting inside for a quick one-two, you've got to give the, the, the opposition wingers something to think about. Now, we saw it at Ipswich. Ipswich played a high line at times they were playing a 4-2-4, and, and I think that hangover was, was there against Fleetwood. Look, we had 18 shots mm. in that game on Saturday. Yeah. Only two were on target. Mm. That 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 is fifty eight percent possession. Okay, Danny said we were dominant, and we were dominant, but we were just poor in the final third. And I just think if you had overlapping fullbacks and Conor Ogilvie on the left hand side, um, and obviously missing Joe Rafferty on 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 the right, it just causes the opposition more problems mm. than than in that final third. Yeah, definitely. Um, pleased to say that Mark is now joining us. Mark, thank you very much for calling in. I do apologise for, <coughs> for not having you there, but great to have you on the show, my friend. He's gone, and he's not there. What's going on? What's going <laughs> on with Mark? the first time done the show, man. I know, yeah. <laughs> We've had it before. Jeff can, Jeff can do it on his own. We'll try and call Mark back. Um, we are having some technical issues with Mark um, on both our ends, but Jeff, you do want to talk to us. Um, there you go. Ring and Mark now. See if he answers. Good evening, Mark. Hello, Mark. <laughs> I can hear him. No, he's not there. Jeff, Josh Karoma, um, we were talking about creativity and you mentioned, obviously, the, the full-backs overlapping, Conor Rogovi moving back to the left and bringing Joe Rafferty on the right-hand side would be a great boost for Pompey, but also missing for Danny Cowley is Michael Jacobs. And he had the option to bring him on off the bench on Saturday. Do you think that was maybe the wrong decision not to bring him on? Apparently, he got injured in the warm up. He felt his he's hamstring in the warm up. But look, he looked okay warming up and down the touchline in the first and second half. If his hamstring was that bad um, or there was an injury risk, why was he warming up? That that would be my question. Um, obviously, they, they may have just wanted to keep warm to maybe not stiffen up the muscles. Um, but look, he, he looked to be moving freely. He didn't seem to be limping in any way. He was stretching off fine um, so look we don't know the full extent it could be some gamesmanship from, from, from Danny himself but who knows it, we definitely missed his creativity yeah. and that, that game around about a bit like Karoma at Ipswich I thought Karoma should have come off at half time at Ipswich a bit like yesterday he, he kind of got to 60-65 minutes um, and, he, and he hasn't played a lot of games since becoming two Pompeys so it's understandable that he is getting tired around that, that hour mark it was de it was calling out for a change now obviously Ronan came on and Ronan will give you that, that presence on the left hand mm. side but that game was, was calling out for some quality balls in the final third just yeah. on Saturday Should we try a third time lucky? Mark McGee joins us on the Football Hour Mark, good evening Hello, Jake. Can you yeah, hear me? We, we can hear you. Absolutely. Due to unforeseen <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> so sorry, guys. <laughs> due to unforeseen circumstances, we couldn't hear uh, we couldn't hear Mark just a few moments ago. But um, no, those un un unforeseen circumstances have <laughs> gone, Mark. Great to have you back on the show. Um, not quite sure if you have heard what Jeff has been saying, but really summing up, um, really the lack of creativity on the on the wings with Conor Ogilvie moved now to the right hand side and Joe Rafferty's absence, his injury, which is expected to keep him out for the next few weeks are Pompey really feeling the effects of that injury to Joe Rafferty is, does he play a bigger part to beside than maybe some had first assumed at the start of the season oh it's a funny one isn't it because I'd like to think that one one player's injury wouldn't affect us that much I mean I'd like to think if it was a striker or maybe Marlon Pack or someone in central midfield it would, we'd feel the impact a lot more um, I, I can't really imagine that surely a, a left-back playing at right-back would make too much of a difference, but perhaps it is. Um, I, I personally think that the team have just taken a little bit of a confidence uh, wobble. I don't know what's happened. Obviously, we've picked up some, some not, not poor results, but I think we've dropped off a little bit. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. I can't really put my finger on it, but I, I, I wouldn't say that the right-back issue is causing as big a problem as, as it's being made out. No. You mentioned their results... Um of late of course the the draw with Plymouth Argyle at Fratton Park for two all draw and then of course the defeat to um, Ipswich a week later now that's only one point taken from those previous two games prior to the game against Fleetwood Mark but against good teams as well we look to have maybe accepted that so long as games against the so-called lesser sides 
such as, you know, no disrespect to them, but Fleetwood were followed up with victory. Do you think it's just a case of, of poor timing? Because Fleetwood, although, yes, they're a mid-table side at present, they've not really threatened in terms of promotion over the last few seasons, but certainly this campaign, they've taken some, some big points off, some big hitters. They'd love a draw. They came to Fratton Park. They had the game plan. Whilst Pompey were off the ball a little bit, you've got to give a lot of credit to Fleetwood. So as much as we want to be beating these teams, do you think it is just a case of bad timing based upon the results against Plymouth and Ipswich? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is. I think it's bad timing. Like they, like you said there, they, they've taken a few scalps, haven't they, and surprised a few people. Although they're mid-table, They've turned up the big games um, and they've proved a, a sticky one for a lot of big sides. And yeah, they're mid-table. They're, they're not a pushover team. I mean, no one in this league is on their day. Um, and I think, you know, after a couple of games like that against Plymouth and against Ipswich, you probably needed a, a slightly t- well, slightly uh, easier opponent. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we can read too much into it. I'm, I'm personally not worrying too much, I think. Um, we, we can, we're not going to get through a whole season winning every game, aren't we? We've got to accept that there's going to be a slight dip, and this isn't exactly the worst dip in the world, is it? I mean, we're not being being bashed three, four nil. We're scoring goals still. Um, we've seen a lot worse from Pompey in the past, um, so I think there's brighter days to come. I don't think we can get too down on our luck just yet. No, uh, and, and really emphasising what Mark's saying there, Jeff, a really good point made right at the end. We can't get too down on our luck at the moment 11 games in it's not really the kind of table you'd read too much into at this stage but as much as you can't get too down like a result against Fleetwood on Saturday you can't get too high when you're beating teams like Peterborough in August and September Simon. so you, you've got that balance as well yeah you know the league table isn't one in, in October is it as, as Paul Cook once said mm. as Plymouth uh, find out every <laughs> year yeah as Ipswich fans will find out as well um, look, you know Fleetwood they're a dogged side if you look at their results throughout the, the season there's only been the odd goal in it one nils, 2-1 so on so they've beaten some good side they've beaten Peter they've drawn with, with, with Plymouth and Derby and all that they've taken points off off the top side so the draw the draw was actually a good good result in the sense of what the good result for them. I mean, they celebrated like they won on on Saturday. They were high fiving each other and and everything else because they know that was a massive point. Yeah, absolutely. But but look, it's a long season and and really the the, the league table starts to take shape from December onwards. That's where that's where the final push. You. If you're in the top four, top five, you know come December, January, you've got a good chance of making the automatic, automatics. The sixth, the sixth position, maybe the fifth position, they're always up for grabs all the way through. Yeah. You always get one team coming through towards the end, and, and I can honestly see Fleetwood being kind of maybe in that, that eighth place going into January, February, because if they can just pick up, they're hard to beat. Mm. We saw it, they're not, they're not a thrill, no. thrill side, but they're, they're a hard to beat side, and they're dogged. They'll, they'll pick up They'll pick up more points than what they'll lose this season. Definitely uh, can't be too damn beat about Saturday, as we mentioned. Uh, 11 games in, fourth in the table, only one defeat, and two games in hand on the sides above as well. Essentially win those games, and you could be third in the table. But with 35 games to go, certainly not a time to get too damn beaten. Like Jeff said, there's some very... Very difficult opponents to play, such as Fleetwood. Mendes Gomez with his equaliser in the first half. A bit of a sloppy goal. We'll come on to analyse that game in a bit more detail in the next part of the show. Some comments coming in from the uh, social media platforms on the emails. Marcus Deacons, uh, well, that referee was far and away the worst I've seen so far this season. And I play Sunday League, uh, says Marcus uh, on the emails. Jeff, it's not an excuse, but... I think that was his first league game. Um, there was no flow to it, was there? It, it looked like he had a brand new tin of marking foam that he wanted to use up in his first game, and you know, put it on his mantelpiece to, to for look at for the rest of his career. But look, there was a disallowed goal from from a quick free kick. It should be it should be the right of the attacking team, whoever's got the free kick, if they want to take it yeah. quickly and they mess it up, that's on them. Yeah. That's on them. There were, there, were, there were times on Saturday where we had a free kick and there was one or two Fleetwood players back in their own half where we, we wanted to take the quick one and yet he delayed it for no reason at all. 
the ball's in like five yards an hour half and he's allowed all the Fleetwood players to get back get reset get get two banks of four um, get their forwards back in there as well and, and the impetus is gone the advantage is gone so <sighs> the whole rule around free kicks and Teams wanting to take quick free kicks has to be reviewed yeah. at, at all levels. There was there was an incident yesterday, oh sorry, on Saturday where Karoma got fouled, mm. and then the defender, I think it was Rooney, kicked kicked the ball away as well. Yeah, and it was a blatant kick away. It, it, it's almost that's two yellow card offences, yeah. but he just gave him obviously one yellow card, and it was like. You can tell it was his first game. What he said to the, the steward in the south stand, no one knows. Obviously, Danny Cowley may have heard what was said, but but yeah, that was that was a bizarre incident as well. Yeah. So, yeah, seen worse, but it could have been a bit better for Pompey. Like go you say, again. You, you, you go again, you go again. <laughs> but yeah, you, you would a free kick. You think that's the attacking team's advantage if you want to take it quickly. Yeah. You want to take it quickly, and, and likewise from from that in the first half, we we would have had a second and hopefully seen the game out a bit more. But. It's not an excuse because Pompey were flat and we'll come on to talk about that in a bit more detail in the next part of the show. If, like Marcus, just then you want to get in touch uh, with the Football Hour this evening, you can. All the usual ways can be found on our website, expressfm.com. We'll have more from Jeff, Mark and myself in the next part of the show as well as Blues head coach Danny Cowley. We understand teams will come here, they will turn us round, they will slow the game down. They're absolutely no rights to do that. I think the referees have to be aware of it and have a responsibility to try to find a fluency in the game. I didn't think the referee played any advantage I didn't think he allowed us when they did foul for us to play quickly more from him the three of us and you back home when the football hour returns next this is the football hour 93.7 express fm go by bus go greener with stagecoach next stop a cleaner greener future did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Very good evening. Welcome back for the second time tonight to a football hour here on Express FM, driven to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Visit their website, stagecoachbus.com, for more information on the services they can provide in your area and to even view the latest timetables and locate your nearest stop as well. On the show this evening until 7 o'clock, I've got Jeff Harris and Mark McGee to go through all of the talking points from Saturday's one all draw against Fleetwood Town. We'll also, a little later on, take a quick look ahead to tomorrow night's uh, Hampshire Cup tie against the Southampton Reserves and we'll also hear from Jay Sadler, head coach of the Pompey women after their result on Sunday but back to the Pompey talk and back to Mark McGee calling in from back home tonight um, Josh Griffiths, uh, a name I mentioned in the introduction to the show uh, Mark because he's received quite a lot of criticism over the weekend and, and pretty much the last seven days or so and I just want to ask you, is he just becoming a bit of a scapegoat? Is is this one of those circumstances where Pompey are doing relatively okay, but we just need someone to, to, to moan at in the traditional Pompey way? I'm not saying he's perfect, he's not Gavin Bazunu, but do you think Mark is becoming a bit of a scapegoat, or is there genuine cause for concern for his performances? Uh, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think... Um... I think we have to look at the fact that last season we had we got used to having a keeper who set an incredibly high bar. So I feel sorry for any keeper that comes in this season or that we recruited really had that expectation and pressure on their shoulders. So there was always going to be that, and we were always going to have that as a problem. Um, I think the issue is we... You know, we, we haven't played well the last few games, and I think we've just sort of said to ourselves, look, we're playing really well this season. Everything on, you know, all the, all the all the ten players that are playing in front of the keeper, they're all doing their job. Um, what else can possibly be going wrong? And I think I think the defence is always an easy one to be blamed. Um, uh, I guess because we're we're scoring quite a lot of goals at the moment. I think I think it's an easy way out for a lot of people. And you know, people are forgetting that you know for for all the little sort of maybe errors that he might have made, he's also like he's also saved us a few times this season. He's made some stunning saves. Um, I think particularly. The Plymouth game, unless I'm mistaken, I think I think he played uh, quite well in that game and made 
a couple of decent saves. So I think, yeah, I, I think it's a bit unfair. I think he is being a bit of a scapegoat, well, being led to be a bit of a scapegoat at the moment, yeah. Jeff, and, and uh, to be honest, I do, I do agree with Mark. Um, replacing Gavin Bazunu is always going to be a tough test and it's always going to be a heavy expectation on any goalkeeper that came into the club. And Josh Griffiths has pulled off quite a number of very good saves this season. Um, and, and in particular over the weekend where the critics really did come out on, on social media, which you can never take too much from. But a lot of it was down to how quickly he was distributing the ball in the final five, ten minutes with the game at one all. Pompey and the fans really wanted to get that win, but maybe being a bit frustrated by how slowly he was taking his goal kicks and, and, and the free kicks and whatnot he was getting. I want to mention that because, okay, it, it is frustrating as a fan. You want to see the ball lumped up forward as quickly as possible. But there's quite a lot of occasions last season where Gavin Mazzuna would do such a thing and, and the ball go just out. go for a throw in. Yeah, so go out. Look, there's, <laughs> there's 10 outfield players that need to be making space and runs and getting into areas where he can kick the ball to. If they're not making movement, if, they, if, they're, if they're not moving around, if they're not making diagonal runs, if, if one player's not coming short or, or going wide... He, he's got to make a decision. Well, what do I do? Where where am I going to put the ball? Listen, if Owen Dale scores that free header from six yards out, we wouldn't be having this conversation about Josh Griffiths. If Michael Morrison puts that ball a yard to the left on the right-hand post in the second half, in the first half, sorry, we wouldn't be having this, this, this conversation. If Josh Caroma in the second half passes to an unmarked Dane Scarlett at the back post instead of finding, I think it was Enciala, the only Fleetwood defender in the whole of the 18-yard box, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Let's not forget, in the... In the I think it was the second half. Um, it was the second half. Fleetwood had a, I think it was a free kick or a corner. And he saved down low to his right with his foot after Colby Bishop failed to clear it. Yeah. No one's talking about that save. No, no one's talking about those goal, chance, goal chances that were missed. They're talking about a corner that was looped up, similar kind of height and trajectories as the Ipswich a winner. Ironic cheers from the fattened end. The ball stays in, yet you've got Conor Ogilvy, great in the air. You've got Michael Morrison, great in the air. You've got Sean Raggett, great in the air. You've got Clark Robson, great in the air. You've got four players there who all play centre-half, mm. who can play outstanding you know, in, in defence, yet all four of them didn't react, all four of them. You know, there's, there's, we had every single player back. There's 10 outfield players in and around that, that box. One of them sh could have gone and closed down. One of them could have could have pressed the back post more. Mm. Yet Griffiths gets the flak. Yeah. There you go. Question answered. Mark and Jeff, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad that's settled. Uh, more coming in from social media. Linda Mail on the emails. I think we all felt like it was a loss on Saturday. We lost two points, which if we want to achieve our promotion target this season, we must overcome uh, the Fleetwoods of this league. We are going to come up against teams like Fleetwood who want to slow the game down and not lose, and we ran out of ideas against them. Obviously, the referee didn't help the game to flow. Even though we have two games in hand of the teams above us, they have the points already in the bag. We cannot let the points gap get any bigger. Play up Pompey. Thank you, Linda for um, your thoughts there Dave on the emails as well Hi Jake it looks like clean sheets are fairly low on the agenda for Pompey and the league at the moment personally I feel like I feel we've been suspect of the back ever since Joe Rafferty and to a lesser extent possibly Tom Lowry have been absent due to injury that's no disrespect to Conor Rogovy or Clark Robertson but whatever way you look at it they're both playing out of position and defensively we look unbalanced Conor Rogovy in particular was in uh, a very good moment both with his defending and also chipping in with the occasion goal that momentum on the left hand side we may now have just lost I do understand the reason why Zach Swanson was not thrown into the deep end against Plymouth and Ipswich but for Fleetwood a start and a switch back to left back for Ogilvy would surely have been a good opportunity to restore some balance uh, Mark, when it comes to Charlton away next Monday um, evening, it's uh, 8 o'clock kickoff, I believe at the Valley um, is that an opportunity, do you think, for Conor Ogilvy to go back to the left-hand side? If so, you've got Conor, uh, you've got Zach Swanson to be maybe included at right-back. Not forgetting as well, Kieran Freeman, who in previous matches has proven to Danny Carley that he's, he's still there and still there to be recognised. He's not He's not putting a bad shift, really. Yeah, I think... I, I'm, I'm really torn on what to do with the right-back situation because, obviously, I, I don't... 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure how much of an issue it's causing. I know it's causing it is causing a issue. Um, is Zach Swanson the right answer right now? I don't know. I think he came on for I think a ten minute period uh, at an earlier point in the season against uh, a member of opposition. I can't remember who he played now, but he he looked he looked very lively. He looked very raw though. I noticed um, like very raw. He uh, was very uh, I don't know. He's he, he looked like he needs some minutes under his belt. He obviously needs league football and needs more men's football. I don't think he's got a great deal of experience uh, playing um, men's football. I know he's played a lot for the youth academies and he's been shipped out on loan by Arsenal. Um, but I, I think I think I, I, we need to see him start a few uh, more competitive uh, matches. I, I don't know if he's ready for league football. I think he, I think uh, Cowley goes for Ogilvy because he knows he can rely on him because he is a reliable player. He knows that if he puts him at left back or sorry right back. He's going to get a solid defensive display, um, and he's going to get something going forward. He just doesn't know what he's going to get, I guess. So, although the defence could be unbalanced, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd throw Zach Swanson in or Kieran Freeman. Kieran Freeman again, great right back in my opinion, a uh, very reliable player. But again, has he got the minutes under his belt? Has he got the match sharpness uh, to throw him in the deep end against Charlton? I'm not sure. Uh, Tom Lowry's absence was mentioned a few moments ago. Mockers on Twitter has got in touch. Uh, the worrying aspects from Saturday are lack of creativity, problems at right back without Joe Rafferty, poor free kicks from great positions and not turning up in the second half against a bang average, unambitious side. Jay Mingi should play. Now, in response to uh, that comment regarding Jay Mingi, uh, an article from <coughs> our friend and colleague Jordan Cross at the Ports of News, who spoke to Danny Cowley after the game on Saturday, uh, confirming that Mingi is battling quite a bizarre issue called compartment syndrome which is apparently restricting blood flow to his shins and causing swelling so been a bit of a been a bit of confusion not confusion bit of reluctancy jeff to to be playing jay mingi as much as perhaps danny Cowley would have liked in recent games we know he's a good player we know he would be a, a, a very capable replacement in, in tom lowry's absence but Apparently, according to Danny Cowley, he's suffering from this really, this really unusual issue. It's a bizarre one because if a player has an issue like that, why did he play the full game against Aston Villa? Mm. That, that's yeah. you know, it, I'm not, I'm not doubting that he ha he has got an issue or hasn't got an issue. That, that's you know, that's down to the club and the medical experts and the management. But if if he has an issue, why play a full ninety minutes? Joe Piggott also went into the game against Aston Villa with a chest infection and came off in the 20th minute. That, yeah. was, that was a bizarre move. But, yeah. It's, it's, it, it is bizarre. You know, and Jay Mingy is a, is a more than capable replacement into midfield. And we're... We've we've talked about missing Joe Rafferty. We've missed. We've talked about missing Lowry. But I think the biggest miss is, is Louis Thompson. Mm. We've that's kind of yeah. We've missed him. But Louis, Louis Thompson for me is is he's the dynamic midfielder. He wins those tap the ugly tackles and he gets gets stuck in. There's some mad stat and I didn't believe it at first until till I till I actually looked into it that last season Portsmouth got more points in games without Joe Morrell in the side and I didn't believe it at first until someone gave me all the data and everything else I was like that is totally bizarre yeah. and you know Joe Morrell's a great player you know I'm glad we've got him at Pompey but it, it just seems that 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 stat is coming back for some reason yeah. well on, on the back of that Jeff take away the stats if you've got a fully fit midfield offering Marlon Pack, Louis Thompson, Tom Lowry and Joe Morrell. We play two in midfield. Does Joe Morrell start, in your opinion? Re regardless of those stats, just based upon what you've if, seen this season. If we're playing a two in midfield, no, it's Tom Lowry. Mm. But I'd like to see us I'd like to see us do a four three three with Morrell and Lowry either side of Marlon Pack. I think that'd be a really good midfield. That'd be exciting, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. Obviously in the absence of Louis Thompson, if yeah, Louis yeah, Thompson's fit, it's Louis Thompson's in there for me as well, so a man that can, uh, well, the only man that can make that decision is Danny Cowley. He caught up with Max Swatton after the game on Saturday afternoon. Danny, not the result you would have wanted. How do you view our one-all draw with Fleetwood? I think we're frustrated. Um, an afternoon started off really well for us. We uh, managed to turn them, off, turn them over on their build and uh, really well-worked goal. Great finish from Josh Caroma. Go 1-0 up. We then should go 2-0 up from a quick, quickly taken free kick. But the referee decided that, that we weren't allowed to take it quickly. I don't know. I don't understand why. 
thought he was pretty fussy all afternoon, if I'm honest. And then, yeah, we have a, a good place in the game um, and we can see the really bad goal, probably the only time they go in our box first half and it's a goal that we shouldn't concede. So we're disappointed for that. Um, I thought after we conceded, we played really well between the boxes. I thought we created lots of chances, just missed too many chances really in the first half. In the second half, I thought we were fine and we were in a good place in the game at 60 minutes and I think put a lot of energy into that early part of the game, that first hour. And yeah, just the last half an hour we were disappointed with. I thought we um, yeah, lost our rhythm, lost our flow, started forcing the play and, uh, and yeah, we, um, we didn't do as well as we would have liked in that final period. It was a stop-start game this afternoon. How frustrating is that when you're trying to build some momentum? Of course, we understand. Teams will come here, they will turn us round. They will, um, you know, they will, they will, they will slow the game down. They're absolutely no rights to do that. I think the referees have to be aware of it and have a responsibility to try to find a fluency in the game. Um, I didn't think. The referee played any advantage. I didn't think he allowed us when they did foul for us to play quickly. I mean, first half they must have been they must have given 20 fouls away. We played two minutes. The game stops because um, the referee has to stop the game because the supporter says something. Um, he comes over. He speaks to um, um, to our to our staff um, to explain the situation. There's a number of bookings. There's two goals. We still only played two minutes. I don't understand. I don't understand. So, yeah, it's pretty frustrating all round, really. Josh Coroma scored his fourth goal in of the season. What do you put his fine goal scoring form down to? Well, because he's a good player, um, and and yeah, I think it was a good goal. I think we we got him into lots of good moments. They um, used used their right back on a lot of direct play. Um, I think we'd turned them over early in the game. They stopped building, started kicking more direct. They kicked to, to Rooney, their right back, and we were dealing with that and we were able to counter in, in the space that he left um, with, with good effect in, 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 the, in the first hour of the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought we, like I said, I think we'll all be frustrated and everyone will have an opinion on this game, but the, the truth of it is this, that... Um, both boxes, we had enough chances to, to win to win two football matches in the in the, in the first 60 minutes. Um, we concede for the only time they come in our box, and if that happens in a game and you come in with that much dominance at half-time, one all, then you know Fleetwood are a good team. They they've only lost lost once in the league since the opening day. So um, so yeah, if you let teams off let good teams off the hook, then you you're always gonna you're always gonna suffer. It's now nine days until our next league game with a Hampshire Cup tie in the middle. Does that give you more time to reflect or more time to prepare? Well, of course, we will do what we always do. Um, we'll uh, go away, we'll take some learning from it and we'll, um, we'll try to come back better because ultimately that is the, the journey that we're on. Um, but I think when we look, look, look back at the game, as I said, we'll, um, there, there are certain areas in our game I think we can improve on. I thought our set pieces offensively we could improve on today. And I thought at that 60-minute mark, I, I, I just thought we lost our rhythm and our connection in that, third, in that final half an hour. So that would definitely be something that we, we can go away, um, reflect on and, and, and ultimately try to improve. There you are then, the thoughts of Danny Carley after the game on Saturday. Mark pretty much alluding to what we've been discussing discussing on the show so far. Lots of chances for Pompey. Jeff mentioned in part one, 18 shots throughout the entire game, but really just didn't take them, particularly in that first half. Mark? He's lost Mark again. That's rude. Jeff, back to you. I'll ask you the same question. Lots of chances for, Saturday, uh, for Pompey on Saturday. Wasted a lot of them. That's yeah, ultimately, you know, the downfall. You said in part one we had two shots on target. Uh, uh, that that is, for whatever reason, just I don't want to say not good enough because that sounds harsh. But I hope you get the the sentiment of, that we haven't hit the standards that we set in the first few games of the, of, of the season. First few games of the season, those those shots were on target. They were flying into the back of the net um, or at least forcing the keeper into a save. 
you know, Marlon Pat's shot from what twenty five, thirty yards. If that's a foot lower, that's that's going top bins mm. right corner. Yeah. That would have been a sumptuous goal. And he's sliding towards the south stand. You could see it, you know. But it wasn't to be, and and we just just need that quality in the final third. And we we were just talking off off mic there with listening to Danny Cowley. I'd bring Joe Piggott back in up front yeah. with, with Colby Bishop. I was about to say, you, you had a bold claim on your podcast last night, didn't you? The, uh, the Dane Scarlet point. But yeah. as you mentioned, you were, you were talking about it off air. It actually makes a lot of sense. It, look, we, we were firing all cylinders. Dane Scarlet is, is a great talent. This, this not take that away from him. He had a great run of games and he's great at running at defenders and great breaking the lines and getting beyond defenders. I just think teams have sussed that out about Portsmouth at the moment. They know Bishop's going to win the flick-ons, chest the ball down, be the physical presence as the uh, you know retired striker in that, in that role, in that sense. And Dane Scarlett's going to be the main focal point. For me, I'd, I'd, I'd bring Joe Piggott back in for the next two or three games. Play him, play him behind Bishop. And then when the defences are tired and around about the 60, 65, 70 minute mark, you bring Dane Scarlett on to run and cause problems to a tired back four. And I think you'll see Dane Scarlett score, you know, a brace. He'll score the odd goal. He'll be back in the goals. And and I think Joe Piggott will also get in the goals as well. Bringing Joe Piggott on with 20, 30 minutes to go, will work to a degree but he's not the centre forward who's going to run at tired defenders he will get into pockets of space and he will create opportunities but I think we need those pockets of space and opportunities in the first 60 minutes and then Dane Scarlett will come on that, that was my argument on the podcast yeah. last night and that's what I was obviously saying there um, I just think it will get us back in the goals and it will get us back in the mix 81400 is our text number if you'd like to add anything to what Jeff's saying if you agree with him or if we just want to tell him to shut up because he's wrong do get in touch let us <laughs> I know I really am yeah put the word express at the start of your message add your name as well at the end of those if you agree with Jeff or if you just want to ask a question to the panel or a score prediction for tomorrow's big Hampshire Cup tie at Fratton Park you can email sport at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or head over to facebook facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Coming up, we'll be gathering the final thoughts of Jeff Harris, we'll wake up Martin McGee, and we'll take a look ahead to tomorrow's Hampshire Cup tie, and we'll also hear from Pompey women's head coach Jay Sadler, who saw his side surrender a 2-1 lead to lose 3-2 at home to Bridgewater United yesterday afternoon. We've had a chance at the end, Danny Lane's put pressure, won it, it's just gone wide, and we could have come away with a point, so we did fight to the death, and as I keep telling you, I can't fault the players' desires, but today it was their decision-making in big moments, and their details in big moments, that simply lost us this game. Join us again in just a few minutes for the third and final part of tonight's show. You're listening to the Football Hour here on Express FM. Don't go anywhere. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Knight Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Good evening, welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South. Download their app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store to locate your nearest bus stop and even prepay for your ticket as well. On Saturday afternoon, Pompey were held back to a one-all draw by Fleetwood Town at PO4 off the back of a 3-2 defeat to Ipswich in the previous game. Now three league matches without a win for Pompey. However, still fourth from the table uh, after 11 matches, two games in hand and besides above with 35 games still to play it could be a lot worse it could be um, sat in the bottom three or four of a Premier League fighting relegation for a sixth consecutive <laughs> season couldn't it on the subject of that Jeff tomorrow night South Coast Derby is not back but it's the Hampshire Cup second round tie technically it's Pompey technically it's Southampton technically there's no reserve label next to either side or an under 23s label but it's but not. It it's, it's 
yeah, but it's not quite going to be for South Coast Derby with a sold-out Fratton Park, and it's not quite going to be, I'd hope, a 4 0 defeat for Pompey like it was three years ago. But it's a game nonetheless, and it's a chance for Danny Carley to maybe use some of those youngsters, some of those fringe players, some of the players who have been suffering from injuries this season to to really make a bit of a claim for themselves, like the Papa John's Trophy can be as well. I think so. It's it's would this game get so much attention if it was any other team? Nope, probably not. Um, you know, and all those uh, fair play to all those fans that are going tomorrow. Um, I'm not personally going because I haven't bothered about any other Hampshire Cup game. Okay, I'm Pompey through and through, but I, I don't. For me, I don't see if I haven't bothered for any other of the Hampshire Cup games. Why? Why make it special because it's against them down the road? Is all I'm saying. And each to their own. If people want to go and people want to support. Great, but I just don't. Look, if it, if it was Southampton's first team and it was it was the it's the Carabao Cup, you know I'd be there and I'd be bleeding blue and everything else and and you know all all the all the banter and verbal and all that would be coming out. I just don't get any enjoyment of doing the same to a 16 year old lad who plays unfortunately for Southampton's under 18s or under 23s or whatever who's probably a Pompey fan I was at the say, end of the day let's be honest uh, how, and, how, yeah, how and, many and young... he's just picked to go yeah. to a better academy yeah. I, I just don't get any enjoyment out of giving those kind of you know those young players a bit okay yeah it's them down the road but look, I hope Pompey win I hope Pompey do well I hope to see Adam Pace out there, um, you know, Laidlaw, all those all those young players we, we, we've got coming through. And we've picked up one or two from Premiership Academies that, that weren't offered scholarships. And that's what we should be doing. We should be looking at these Category 1 academies and saying, you know, you weren't good enough to be in, in a Premiership Academy, but you've got ability. We've seen down, down the years that... that these young players develop at different ages and they, they mature at different times and maybe they're not good enough at, you know right this minute for a premiership academy but they're good enough to come into Portsmouth Academy and they're good enough to, to be developed and the, and the model we've got now so tomorrow night it's a big game for the, for the likes of Adam Pace and, and, and you know Laidlaw and that qualm it's going to be a great encounter, and I, I, I really hope that they, they take the opportunity with both hands. And I'd like to see these players in two or three seasons' time being first team starters for Portsmouth. So, Jess, looking forward to the game. Um, Pompey versus Southampton tomorrow night, Hampshire Cup second round tie. You can catch all of the unmissable action here on Pompey Live. We are covering the match uh, from 7 o'clock, 7.45 kickoff, of course, at Fratton Park. Robbie James presenting myself and Matt Drabble on the commentary for that one. It's going to be, uh, should be a nice little evening at Fratton Park, but just really emphasising what Jeff is saying. It's not really a South Coast derby. Only the Fratton end is open for home supporters, and uh, only half of it is actually sold so far. You can still buy your tickets on the portsofc.com. UK website. Uh, adults are priced at £10 each. Right, Jay Sadler, let's hear from him after their defeat to the uh, Bridgewater United yesterday afternoon. Uh, Sunday afternoon saw Pompey women surrender a 2-1 lead to be defeated by Bridgewater. Max Walton ca- caught up with the Blues head coach. Naivety, a lack of concentration in, in key moments. Um, it wasn't helped by a few decisions. Um, I think first 10 minutes we've started in both halves. I think we started both halves really, really brightly. First half, we've had a couple of real good moments down the left-hand side. We haven't attacked the back post. Second half, obviously, we've come in 1-0 down from a, a poor goal. Um, I felt we've, we've lost our way. I think we lost a little bit of balance in central areas. Second half, we've adapted that. We've moved a few things around. I think we had threat, we had width, we had depth in our wide triangles. Um, and some of the, the interplay was super. The first fantastic ball in by Nick and, and Danny Lane's made the box. And then the second, another another wide combination and, and Leanne's cut inside and scored. And then from that moment, you're in a real good position. I think a little bit of naivety creeped in. We're, we're looking to get the third instead of actually protecting the lead. We've we've had a massive penalty shout at 2-1 with Sophie Quirk. She's come inside, she's been chopped by the defender. How the referee hasn't seen it. Uh, that's a massive moment to, to, to obviously give us an opportunity. And then a free kick, which... Again, is never a free kick. Danny Lane's won the ball. The ball's gone out of play, giving a free kick. It's a poor decision. However, we then have to switch on. It's, it's a ball into the box. We've lost the first contact. It's dropped down. We haven't reacted quick enough. 2-2. Um, and then from that moment, 
it was a case of it could it was you could tell it was going to go either way whoever created the chance whoever created a moment and we haven't dropped there's no pressure on the ball we haven't dropped an area that we highlighted and worked on in the week and then they've punished us yes we I can't call I can't question the desire of the players we've had a chance at the end Danny Lane's put pressure won it's just gone wide and we could have come away with a point um, so we did fight to the death and as I keep telling you I can't fault the players desires but today it was their decision making in big moments and their details in big moments that that simply lost us this game how do we ensure that the balance is right after this fixture between being disappointed and using the, this result as fuel to, to come back stronger? I think it's a really good question. Um, I think if we're a team that wants to be competing at the top ends, we need to make this place a fortress. And we've dropped three points today against Bridgewater. We've dropped three points already against London Bees. And we've dropped two massive points against Gillingham. That's eight points we've lost at home yet. We've beaten Watford, we've beaten Ipswich, and we, we've proven we've got the quality and the mentality and the belief to compete and beat any team. Last year we were an inconsistent team and we don't want that to creep in. Um, we've come off the back of a massive win last week and, and then to, to lose today is not, it's not good enough. It's simply not good enough, not at home, um, and it's the decisions. But we, we've got to learn from this and I keep saying we take learnings away and we will learn from it. We feel hard done by, I feel hard done by for the team with, with two big decisions going against us. And you can argue that we had a massive decision go against us against London Bees as well. Um, so there's, there's, there's an argument to that, but... We'll continue to focus on us. We'll continue to improve our game. As I said to you, I think the two goals we scored were fantastically taken goals, but I just didn't feel we found the right balance in our offence and our defence through transition. We looked we looked sluggish, we looked naive, we looked too expansive. And, and again, there's areas to work on. Um, we're still in a, a moment where we're, we're looking to improve game on game. Um, and now we've got a weekend off where we can, we can calm ourselves down a little bit we can kind of shift the focus and then ultimately we're going up against an Oxford team who are unbeaten. They're unbeaten at home in 26 now. Um, so we know that's going to be a tough test, but we know we've got, I know this group has got the belief. I know the team's got the qualities. We just need consistency. Jake Sadler speaking after yesterday's 3-2 defeat to Bridgewater United, now not in action until Sunday, the 23rd of October, their way to Oxford United in the league. OK, Pompey Live is back on your airwaves tomorrow evening. It's the Blues against Southampton in the Hampshire FA Senior Cup. All of the action on Pompey Live from 7. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey were held to a frustrating one-all draw with Fleetwood Town on Saturday. Goal! Pompey have the lead! Got it back and into the net, and Fleetwood have got a leveller. Pompey's senior team next take on Charlton Athletic on Monday in League One, but before that, an academy side takes on Southampton in the Hampshire Cup at Fratton Park. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, Robbie James, myself and Matt Drabble live from Fratton Park from 7pm. Kickoff 7.45 for the Blues Hampshire FA Senior Cup tie against Southampton. The game, Jeff Harris is very much looking forward to. Jeff, score prediction, what do you reckon? For tomorrow. For tomorrow. 2-1 uh, Pompey. 2-1 Pompey, of course it's going to be, I reckon, 4-1 Pompey, because it's always 4-1 against Vendlock down the road, isn't it? OK, thank you very much for joining us here on the Football Hour. Jeff, thank you very much to Mark McGee. We'll get him back in the studio at some point soon. Thank you, of course, to Stagecoach Cross South for supporting another season of the Football Hour. And, of course, a big hand to everybody who not only listened this evening, but got in touch via the text tweets and emails. Your interaction is always very much appreciated. OK, let's take a quick look ahead to what's coming up here on Express FM for the rest of your evening on this Monday night. Jeff and Ada back with the Soft Rock Show from 7. They'll be chatting to Mike Lundup of Level 42, but also have new music from the Merry Wallopers. That 80 show with Kevin Stokes returns from 9 for until 11 this evening. And then, of course, tomorrow morning uh, from 6.30, catch Ian James with Express Breakfast. Mason Jordan's back from 4 through till 6, which is when the Composer Series with John Brown returns from 6 through till 7 before Pompey Live. Full coverage of Pompey versus Southampton in the Hampshire Senior Cup. But until then, Blues fans, have a great evening. Have a great week. I'll be back on Friday from 6 to preview Charlton away. Have a great week. Stay safe and play at Pompey. <laughs>